It's not the Zade. It's not the story. It's the Zade story. Welcome back to the Zade story. My name is Kevin Zade, and this weekend was Mother's Day. Now, my wife loves the Zade story. She listens every week, and she's very supportive. And she is also the mother of my children. And one of the things she hates about the Zade story is how long I spend editing. So, for this Mother's Day, I gave her the gift. Very generous of me, I know, to not edit on Sunday, on Mother's Day. So what that means for you, the listener, is, is today we have a brand new style of episode called the kegerator now let me explain something we have our normal episodes uh, they've got a funny title and uh and a number we've got micro brews which we normally do just me maybe me and a friend that's not josh and sometimes it's josh but we cover an older movie maybe one that's streaming on netflix Maybe one that we saw on HBO, or maybe it's one that we just both happened to catch on our own. That's a microbrew, so it's not a full-length, not a full-length episode. Then, recently, we had our first Growler episode, which is where we take all of one good beer and put it in a Growler, and we talk the way Jacob and I did about Paul Thomas Anderson. We just covered Paul Thomas Anderson, and uh, that episode ended up being about two hours. Well, one of our listeners was giving us some feedback about how we should try and throw a kegerator in here. Especially, ironically, since Josh and I were just talking about kegerators. So, I've been racking my brain, and I finally came up with a solution, or rather a solution presented itself, because I'm, I wasn't going to do any editing this weekend, and what's one negative thing about a kegerator? Well, if you buy a beer, you're kind of stuck with it. This isn't a 64-ouncer, this isn't a, a six-pack or a single, This you're stuck with this beer for a long time, and so... In kind of that theory, a beer you might be tired of, uh, I decided to throw this episode out here, and I'd love to hear your feedback. But this is a kegerator. This is an episode you've already heard. This is episode 19 and a half. In keeping with the Mother's Day theme, this is the episode where Teresa Zaid, my very own mother, joins us on the stu- in the studio to talk about Meryl Streep and Rick Springfield's film, Ricky and the Flash. Now, for those of you who have uh, already heard it but are interested or maybe you've seen it since and want to rethink, go ahead and listen. I will let everyone know this has been remastered, and that is actually true. I did remaster the uh, sound clip or the edit the earlier edit. Uh, it's as much as I was willing to do for the sake of the Zade story. 
I hope you enjoy the episode. I remember it being quite a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to re-listening. And uh, happy Mother's Day, Mom. I hope you enjoy listening to this again. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there who listened. And we hope you guys join us next week for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Very excited. And welcome back to the Zaid Story. My name is Kevin Zaid, and today we have a very special guest host. I'd like to introduce to the Zaid Story my mother, Teresa Zaid. Hi, honey. (laughs) Hi. How are you? I'm fine. I'm honored to be here tonight. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. It's very late. You're not normally up this late. Not normally. No, it is a little past my bedtime, but I think I'm doing okay. I think (laughs) I'm doing okay. Uh, That's good. Uh, Today we are recording right after we watch the movie. Uh, Normally we don't do that. Okay. Uh, So normally we record a day later. So uh, folks, keep that in mind as you listen to our review. It's right off the boat. It's we're, it's very fresh in our memory. Usually I need more time to think about <laughs> things, but so I'll try to be clever and witty and intelligent. Oh, <laughs> those are all good goals of mine. <laughs> um, well, we like to always introduce our, our guest hosts with uh, kind of an introduction. Did you bring an introduction? Do you have something you'd like to share about like what kind of favorite movies you have? Maybe a favorite or something like that. Yes, I've thought about it a little bit. And I am not nearly as experienced uh, with movies as you are, Kevin. I don't watch nearly as many movies as you do. And I usually watch kind of the same kind of movies. Not nearly as much (laughs) variety. Uh, So... Over the years, probably, I like kind of a gentle drama. I don't like anything too intense or too sad or, um, or just too, too sad. I like to have a happy ending. I like a little gentle drama is okay. Comedy's good. Um, something like, you know, sound of music (laughs) (laughs) or, um, Sleepless in Seattle. Those are two of my favorites. Okay. Yeah. Now, Sleepless in Seattle has Tom Hanks. Yes, it does. I love Tom Hanks. I I do. (laughs) Do you have some other Tom Hanks favorites? Sleepless in Seattle is my most favorite Tom Hanks. I do have a whole notebook of his (laughs) movies, but I haven't watched them all yet. Do you like Big? Yes. That was a long time ago. Yes, one of his f- one of his first ones. ones yeah. He looked about twelve. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was playing kind of a twelve-year-old in a grown-up's body. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, That's true. I, I'm a I'm a Tom Hanks fan. I I must have inherited that from you. Oh, and then there was that one with the music, the one the the one song. That thing you do. That thing you do. That was fun. Larry Crown. I liked that one. And let's see. Those are ones that come to mind right off. Now, maybe not one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies, but a great movie that Tom Hanks was in. Kind of sad. 
extremely loud and incredibly close. That's the one I was also thinking of that one. Yes. That was very moving. I was glad I watched that one, even though it was kind of sad. <laughs> I do like happy endings. And I do like Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Well, tonight uh, we watched on DVD, because we missed it in the theaters, uh, a Meryl Streep film. And in the movie world, Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks are kind of on the same level. Uh, they're kind of each other's contender, really. It's You know, if Tom Hanks is in a new movie it's likely that he's going to get nominated for an Oscar and vice versa. Meryl Streep's new movie, most likely going to do pretty well, and she's most likely going to get nominated for an award. Uh, so tonight we watched Ricky and the Flash, and uh, that's uh, that's sounds about like that. That sounds like a good intro. Yes. Ricky and the Flash. I had been wanting to see that one, and I did miss it when it was in the theater because I missed miss most movies when they're in the theater. Um, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. They do. They're so. The one thing about both of them that I've noticed is they're so believable in whatever role they're playing. They, you just really believe that they are who they're pretending to be. That's, yeah, makes them such great actor and actress. Like, they are. They're completely, uh, well, they're like a chameleon. They fit. They, they just disappear inside the role. That's right. And the other thing I like about them is you never see them on um, tabloids or any of the other you know, magazines or they're not in the news. They're just, they just seem like nice people. Yeah, they really do, huh? Mm -hmm. They just seem like normal people who go to work and their job is acting and they're very good at their job. Yep. Um, like Meryl Streep has been married for like 37 years to the same husband and they have four kids. And I just think that's very applaudable that they're just regular just regular people yeah we're gonna get to uh one of her children in this movie who i had no idea was an actress i also had no idea she was in this movie but we'll get to that a little bit later i think um anything else you want to talk about before we get into the rundown i'm ready i'm just ready to talk about the movie (laughs) (laughs) all right Let's get right to the run, 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 run. I'm Ricky Randazzo, and uh, I'd like to introduce my band, The Flash. Like a cold one on a summer's day. Hello? I've been trying to call you. It's Julie, our daughter. Max left her. What? You brought your guitar? Yeah, just the one. Whoa, Mom, you're here. Like the 80s all over again. Hope Maureen doesn't mind that I'm here. Oh, hi. We are really concerned about Julie. What happened? Max came home, told me that he was in love with a girl named Nicole. She's gonna be all right. She's always been a fighter. Well, she's had to be. 
Here she comes. <laughs> I have all my kids in one room. Mom. Uh-oh. Why aren't you wearing your engagement ring? You two are engaged? Who wants some appetizers? We're practically eloping, Mom. Why don't you be honest, Josh, and just tell Mom that you don't want her at the wedding? Sir, would you like another martini? Yeah, keep them coming. Day after day, I'm more Okay, so we jump right into the middle of a, uh... Oh, who's the guy? Who, uh, a cover band song being performed by Meryl Streep playing Ricky. Uh, Ricky Renduzo, something like that. Real name Linda. She and uh, she's playing a Tom Petty song? Maybe. Some kind of rock and roll. I don't remember, but it's it's a great song to start the movie off. Uh, it's Which she is singing herself. Yes. Uh, and, and possibly playing the guitar herself yeah, as well, it looked like. It looked like it. She's mm-hmm. very convincing because, mm-hmm. well, she is Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. We already touched on that a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so she's a cover band leader. She plays the guitar. She's got a bassist, a drummer, and a, and a lead guitarist. Uh, Rick Springsteen, right? Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield. I always get those mixed up. <laughs> yes. Uh, and... Uh, she gets a call from her ex-husband who lives over in Indianapolis uh, early in the film that says her daughter, Julie, is going through a hard time. Her husband is leaving her, found a new woman, and he's leaving her. He thinks that Ricky should come home to be with her family and her daughter while she's going through this hard time. And she has not spent much time with her family, with her children, Having left her husband, Pete, and her three children when they were quite young, it seemed like, and she left them to pursue uh, her dream as a rock and roll star. So there's a little bit of uh, mixed feelings towards her as their mom. <laughs> a little bit. A little mixed bit. feelings. Yes. It's not so little. <laughs> it's pretty clearly presented. <laughs> um, so Ricky moves or doesn't move back. She flies over, spends some time with their family, and uh, family drama ensues. There's complicated, complicated relationships with her ex-husband. There's complicated relationships with each of her children for a different reason, Um there's politics involved. Completely different lifestyle. She has been, she lives in a little, well, it's home to her, but you might consider it kind of a dumpy little apartment kind of complex. And uh, Pete and his wife and uh, have built this mansion. So it's quite a different lifestyle that she's going to visit. Yeah, that's a really big part of the film is how poor Ricky is. Um, it's it's mentioned several times in the film. They really want to nail that kind of point home. Is like Ricky left to become a rock star, and her dreams did not pan out because she that one point early on in the film she says that her total paycheck is. $480, $447 a week. Um, 
she kind of says it as she's working in the grocery store for a, a funny little scene. Um, but money is not funny to her. She's, she's just, she's living this dream and it's just turned out to kind of be a nightmare. Um, financially, financially, exactly. But she's happy. Is she? That's what the movie's about. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> um, it's not especially clear cut, is it? It's yeah, it's very emotionally complex, mm-hmm, relationally mm-hmm. complex. There's yeah, it's a it's a really kind of swirly twirl of yeah. ups and downs and happy and kind of a, a lot of emotional tension. You're just never quite sure. If she were to do it all over again, would she do it that way? Would she? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the rundown. It's it really doesn't stray too much from that. There's a mm-hmm. wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, one of her sons is getting married. She finds this out, of course, when she went back that they've been engaged for months, and she didn't know. She didn't even know he had a girlfriend. Um, there doesn't appear to be a lot of communication between her and the grown-up children uh, in any way. They seem to have a lot of very negative feelings towards her. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Do you Mm -hmm. think we missed anything? No. No, it's, it's a, it's pretty, it's kind of a realistic uh, kind of tension that you that you become a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, that was the rundown. Run, 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 run. Because you screwed up once, you don't get a second chance. Uh, <laughs> hey, why did you walk out on my daughter? Our daughter, Julie, hates you. That may be. And I have to live with that every day of my life. But now you have to live with the pain you caused. It really doesn't matter if your kids love you or not. It's not their job to love you. It's your job to love them. Call in sick. Go to the old neighborhood. Sometimes a girl just needs her mother. Lots of things are going to change in your life. Someday you're going to wake up and find a gray hair. And I don't mean on your head. (laughs) Well, now this is the uh, part of the show where we do our most favorite and least favorite parts. Uh, Mom, do you want to go first? I will go first, yes. All right. Go for it. So my least favorite part was that I I was very sad that Ricky couldn't live her dream of being a rock and roll star at the same time that she was a, a, a mom present in her children's lives. That was my least favorite part. I felt sad that she couldn't combine those that she that she had to pick mm. one or the other. I I was sad about that. Yeah, that was sad. Um my least favorite part uh, Well, this is kind of a nitpick, but there's some text in the film, throughout the film, like some text on the screen. Oh. Um, that just really bothers me. You don't, like, you don't need to, to write out 
wedding day. That was a little. That was a little bit silly. Like we understand. Like oh, there's a big clue that it's the wedding day. You know, the big white dress and the tuxedo and, and the, the wedding. Ta- and the tables and the <laughs> you know, garden I, setting. It doesn't need to say wedding day. No. Yeah, um, that was a little distracting. There, So, the, uh, the, the wedding day is the one that stuck out in my head. It's like, my just I just think that that's, it's really tacky. And I know a lot of people out there think that I'm really picky about this kind of stuff, but... When you watch as many movies as I do, it's stuff like that that takes me out of the movie, and it really does lessen the experience for me. Like if I have, if I'm taken out of it, and like, ugh, you know, that's true. Um, but what you said was uh, there was a lot of sad parts in the movie. Just uh, their whole. And that's actually going to be kind of towards my favorite part of the film. Uh, not that, not favorite for Ricky, but the best part about the movie. But uh, we'll do that next. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was kind of negative. I felt like there was a couple of points in the, like a couple of plot points in the movie that seemed unnecessary that like they didn't add a whole lot it was already so awkward um and so uh, not depressing but like just kind of dreary i think you know kind of sad like she couldn't be this i thought they kind of got a a little bit of the relationship stuff got a little convoluted um kind of halfway through more towards three quarters of the way through pete acted by kevin klein his his current wife, uh, he used to be Meryl Streep's wife, or he used to be Meryl Streep's husband. They split up. His new wife comes in, and there was bound to be some drama. Um, and that was just kind of... That, that drama specifically was... I mean, it didn't necessarily take away, but it didn't add a whole lot. So there was kind of... It kind of seemed a little bit thick of the heaviness. And uh, the other thing is probably the last thing I want to kind of mention in the least favorite parts is uh, the the end, the ending seems kind of thrown together. Like I won't say too much about resolutions or non-resolutions, whether it goes the way you want it to go or expect it to go. It just kind of seems kind of rushed. The ending is like, Hmm. A lot of tension builds up to a pretty oh, short, pretty sweet, quick, short and sweet ending, conclusion. You know, whether it's good or bad, however you think about the ending, it just seemed like there's a lot of build up and tension mm. that's just kind of and it's over. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's that is probably my least favorite besides mm-hmm. the tacky script mm-hmm. on the screen. On the screen, mm-hmm. do you have any other thoughts about? Uh, something you didn't like or you did like? Well, I thought the part about um, what you said about the relationship was already heavy and stuff. I think, um, I think the the I think that was a kind of an interesting um, conversation between the new wife and Ricky. I think it kind of just emphasized just emphasized a little bit more 
Ricky's um, her her non participation in her kids' lives, and I get you know, and that's a that's a byproduct, I guess. And it did it did make you really feel as a mom. It made me f- really feel how difficult that mm. would be for her. Yeah, that's true. It, it, you're right. It did kind of highlight the isolation mm-hmm. a little bit, and that you weren't there and I was. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. Um, it just made you feel for her mm-hmm. a little bit more. One of the scenes that I felt was really unnecessary is there's a pot scene where they smoke pot, and it's not a part of the movie anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, it leads into Meryl Streep singing a a beautiful song that she wrote, kind of about her loss of her family mm-hmm. and how much she sees and how much she wants. To, and that was a really nice song that they sang, but you know. Ricky's not a pothead like it's not Mm-mm. at least it's not apparent in the in the first half of the movie nor in the second half of the movie this isn't a movie about drugs and Mm-mm. alcohol or anything like that and then just randomly in the middle there's a scene where they well they don't show you them smoking it but they say that they smoke pot and it just kind of was like it just seemed like they kind of added that to have a scene where Kevin Klein and Meryl Streep eat cookie dough out of the freezer because it was kind of funny. And mm-hmm. it was just like a little scene like that where that was a plot. Like, it didn't make any difference to the movie. It was just kind of there. And so little things like that kind of bug me sometimes. Except that it showed him, Kevin Klein, um, a more r- relaxed side of him, which I would have preferred to see him relaxed without using the pot to get relaxed. But it made you wonder, uh, it made you wonder about that other side of him mm-hmm. and what drew them together in the first place and what, what, you know, made him become so prim and, um, sure. and businesslike and all that. Whereas she went the rock and roll road yeah um i don't know yeah no it's that that's a valid point uh let's get into our favorite parts well my favorite part was um a little a little bit to do with with the the pretend movie part but more so i really liked that the her daughter in the movie julie was her real life daughter, <laughs> Mamie. I just thought that was very, very, very sweet. Uh, Meryl Streep has four children, a son who's in his early 30s, and then she has three daughters who are mid to upper 20s. And her two daughters are actresses, and her youngest isn't model. And so I just thought it was really sweet that her real life daughter played her movie daughter because it's special to do things with your kids. And I think (laughs) they had, I think they probably had a really neat time doing that together. And I thought I just, I liked that. That was awesome. 
I, uh, well, we were going to watch this separately, and I started the movie, and I got about 15 minutes in before I was like, actually, we should probably watch it at the same time together Mm -hmm. so that the schedule worked out. And I sent you a text that was like, that said, the person they got to play Meryl Streep's daughter is an incredible casting job because she looks identical Mm -hmm. to young Meryl Streep. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think you've seen The Deer Hunter. No, I have not. I I don't necessarily recommend you watch it. Okay. But uh, she looked just like Meryl Streep in Mm -hmm. that movie, and I was blown away. And then you, with all your movie knowledge, came over (laughs) and blew my mind when it was, oh, yeah, that's her actual daughter. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that makes so much sense. And... I couldn't get that out of my head. It was so fun mm-hmm. to watch her look just like Meryl Streep. Like, mm-hmm. and she's a great actress. Mm-hmm. Like, I really liked her. I thought she fit really well. Um, nepotism is a term that I don't know if it's specifically to Hollywood or not, but uh, it's where you get a job because. It's your family, mm. not because you necessarily earned it. Or good enough. And so, this could be a case of that, but I don't think so because she was so good. And it, you're right. It was really fun to watch them together, especially knowing that knowing. that was mm-hmm. her real daughter and real mom. So, that was really fun to see. Um, I think from what I, my research that I did ahead of time... Um, indicated that she's a real legitimate actress so it wasn't it was it didn't seem like she got the part just because she was the daughter she's a quite accomplished and has awards and that kind of thing so absolutely i've seen her in other movies actually but i never i didn't it's her name's not she did not use her mother's name no she used her birth her her father's name gum gummer yeah yeah exactly so if even if i had seen her name i would have never known that it was her daughter um but i have seen her in a couple of the movies she's been in right mamie gummer is her name that she goes by and grace and louisa are her other daughters okay and which one's the other actress grace is she also gummer Mm-hmm. okay i'll have to look her up too mm-hmm. um yeah, so that while that was fun, that was not my favorite part of the mm. movie. My favorite part of the movie, well, there's two. Okay. And I don't want to ruin anything, but uh, so I'm going to leave the first one pretty vague, and it's just going to be the power of Bruce Springsteen. Oh, right. <laughs> um, for some of those out there who, who have been listening or who have known me, I love the boss. He's one of, he is probably my all time favorite rock and roll musician. And I was hoping that Meryl Streep would cover one of his songs in this movie. And let me just say the power of Bruce Springsteen. Um, so it, that uh, it tied it, 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 <laughs> uh, tied some things up pretty, pretty thoroughly. That's true. Um, so that's, that's the part I'll leave really vague, but I laughed at this movie on more than one occasion at really inappropriate times because the tension is so mm-hmm. thick. It is so awkward. Mammy, Mamie, Mamie, Mamie. Uh, playing Julie, 
wears the same outfit for the first four or five days that we see her. And it's so awkward to see her in the same outfit at a really fancy dining uh, experience. That's so awkward. And Meryl Streep's trying really hard, but she's also not being very, like, apologetic for her choices. She's just Mm -hmm. trying to move on. And the kids are kind of stuck in the past, understandably so. But at the same time, it's really hard to, like, watch them just kind of drag her through the mud of, like, these decisions that she made. And and Kevin Klein is in a really awkward position because he knows it's important that Meryl Streep is home and she's doing a good job, but he's really awkward at times. And it's just, it's so... In that family, it couldn't have been any truer. If this was a true story, you got to experience it so awkwardly. Mm -hmm. And that was really, like, like, that's what makes a good movie is if you're kind of like... Oh, like, oh, how, how, how can this be happening? Like, how could this get any more awkward? <laughs> and a lot it, of emotional tension. Yeah. And you just kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, and you're, you're pulling for him. Oh, come, come on, come on, come on, make it right. Or, oh, don't say that. Or exactly. Come on, give her another chance. Right. Or, oh man, you blew it so bad. Yeah. <laughs> just back and forth, back and forth. There's a With- lot each character it's mm-hmm. like oh like you know thinking about the kids like just let it go kids like can't you see that your mom is trying and then the mom says something absolutely ridiculous and you're like oh good grief Meryl mm-hmm. you were like I was on your side for mm-hmm. a little bit but can't you show your <laughs> can't you let it go too <laughs> like it was that, that was a really fun part of the movie not necessarily fun but it's like what made the movie really last because I mean, the, it's not fast moving. It's it's a pretty basic story. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of twists. It doesn't drag though. No, and that's it was because a good, it was a good so pace. like tense most mm-hmm. of the time in like an awkward way. Mm-hmm. But so that's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about the film. You got anything else to add to our favorite parts? Um. Well, it's hard. To, it, you know, it's again as a mom, it's hard. F- for me to relate to being able to give up, to give that up to pursue a a dream of any sort, let alone being a rock and roll star with caked on green eyeshadow and (laughs) half of your hair in braids and leather pants. And, um, but it, uh, it really did, it did really make you feel feel all the different sides of of this dysfunctional normal probably family yeah exactly mhm um there's a scene in the movie where the first time we see Meryl Streep remove her makeup <laughs> she looks so old she like, looks really old because she's like this hip rocker um i don't think she's that old actually i think she must be early 60s she's 66 okay so close Mm -hmm. um but we see her in this you know these tight leather pants and like you said her hair's dyed it's like blonde and black in these black braids and like 
she's wearing these these green eyeshadows and like jewelry everywhere. Oh my gosh! And then we see her take off the makeup, undo her braids to go to bed one night, and she just this is after uh, she's been dealing with her family for a while, and she just looks beaten mm-hmm. and old, and you're just you're heart breaks a little bit for her because like you know that part of what she's running from is like her age like you know like it's as it a kind of a almost a moving scene a little bit when mm-hmm. she finally crawls into bed and puts on her reading glasses mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and on the one hand you think well it was all your fault you left in the first place but then on the other hand you think oh you poor thing you feel sorry for her. Oh, absolutely. And- she is a... I mean, leave it to Meryl Streep to bring so much complexity to mm-hmm. a character, but she is so sympathetic and also kind of a, not a terrible person, but has just made the wrong decision over and over. Mm-hmm. At least that's what it appears to be like, you know, but it's not so cookie cutter because no. uh, I think partially because of Meryl Streep's performance, but... uh it's just, it's just a, you know, we talked about it so much. It's just up and down. It's just a, a mixture, complex, emotional role. And she goes back to her rock star life, and there are twinges of regret, but she goes, but she goes back happily and picks right up where she, after her visit with the family, and she goes right back and picks it up. Um, but then there is that one part where you know she's, I mean, it feels like she's lonely or she, mm-hmm. she's just, she wants, she wants to be loved. She wants to be accepted. Um, which I thought was a really interesting piece to throw in because isn't that, you know, it's just a basic human nature. Yeah. That's what absolutely. we all, what we all want. Yeah. Uh, her lead guitarist, Greg, has a really good line in the movie. He says, they're your kids. It's not their job to love you. Mm-hmm. It's your job to love them. Mm-hmm. And as a new father myself, like, I found that line mm-hmm. quite a bit more powerful than, well, maybe that's exactly how it was intended. Mm-hmm. But, like, that really struck a chord. Like, yeah, like, they... It's not th- true. It's not their job. It's my job. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. And that was in one of those kind of lonely moments mm-hmm. of hers. Well, I think we've spoiled the movie enough. Maybe. We've <laughs> given quite a bit away. Yeah, exactly. You know what that sound is. It's time to rate the movie. Okay. Mom, you're first. Well, I don't use beer, I'll have to say. Having been a listener... Um, I know that's what is the typical. I prefer to use um, warm chocolate chip cookies with plenty of chocolate chips. <laughs> and so I, what is it? How many? Six is the most? Yep. Um, I would say, I would probably say a good solid five. Wow. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Good. That's yeah. great. I'm pretty sure five. Um, yeah. I, that. You know, thinking back on it, I mean, it's it's not necessarily a film you'd or a movie you'd watch with your, you know, 
mom. <laughs> I don't know, with your little kids, but there really wasn't hardly any swearing. Not no, really. No, there's, uh, you know, anymore these days, a PG-13 movie is allowed one F word. And there's pretty much one F word in most PG-13 movies. And I don't remember I one. I don't remember one in this um, one either, huh? Yeah. The sexual content isn't terrible. Um, there's situational... Adult themes. Adult themes because mm-hmm. of the content. Like, right, because of the storyline. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's going to be uh, some references, but... Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't feel awkward watching it Mm-mm. with you. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I think you're right. Uh, I was gonna give it a four, but after talking about it, there was a lot of really positive things, and I think that Bruce Springsteen song really mm-hmm. kicked it up to a five mm-hmm. for me. So, um, I think I think that's a good place to land. Mm-hmm. I think so. So, uh, five chocolate. Five warm chocolate chip cookies dipped in five cold beers. Oh, yuck. (laughs) Well, this is just a a mini episode, so we'll have to save a game for another time. But uh, I'd like to uh, thank our guest host, Mom. Uh, It was fun having you on. It was fun watching the movie. Thanks for being here. Well, Kevin, I don't have much movie experience, and I do have to say I was a tiny bit nervous about doing this, <laughs> but you have put me at ease, and I always enjoy um, being with you, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun to do this together, and um, I hope you'll have me on again sometime. Well, who knows? Maybe one day Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep's will have a movie together. Ah, that would be the best. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hopefully Josh can join us next time. Yeah. And that'll be fun. I would like to tell all of our listeners, of course, to continue to comment on our Facebook status. We are still uh, trying to get 100 likes. We've got that contest going on. We uh, are live on Twitter all the time, so give us a tweet. We are at Zade Story. Send us an email, thezadestory at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail. Our phone number's on the website. And uh, for the Zade Story, my name is Kevin Zade. And I'm Kevin's mom. <laughs> How many beers did we rate your favorite movie? For the love of movies and chocolate chip cookies. There you go. <laughs> It's the Zay Story.